Ag State of Mind, episode 125. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we continue our conversation with Elaine Fraze. And let me tell you, um, it was, this is again, one of the most powerful episodes that I've had the pleasure of recording. And I am so thankful for Elaine, so thankful for her being so great and gracious um, with me and <laughs> and how I had to process a lot of the stuff that we talked about in this podcast because it was very heavy for me. So, all right, here we go with the rest of the episode with Elaine Fraze. I'm I'm not at my best interviewing tonight because all of this is so emotional for me. Yeah. But you've just you're you're carrying the podcast tonight and I appreciate <laughs> you. Okay. I appreciate you doing that because I'm I'm honestly at a loss here because you're just you're hitting all the right buttons for me. And everyone else in your stage and age, yeah. Jason. Yes, yes, yes. And that and you know what though, Elaine? I think what's a very comforting thing to me is to know I'm not alone in that. Yes. Know yes. that even though my situation is totally unique into itself, it's similar enough to have people knowing that we have the same emotions. And you, you want to know what I, and I'm going to leave his name out because I don't have permission to tell the story, even yes. though I think it would be okay, but I, he knows who I'm talking about. It's one of my best friends. I had no idea what he was going through with a transition, but he was going through it. And we had a one hour phone call, just him and I talking about just honestly, just almost like trading woes back and forth. Yeah, lament. You were lamenting together. Yes, 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 we were. And that was very powerful. And it's not even like, I'm not sure either one of us came up with one solution between the two of us. But we, I think we both felt better knowing. Yeah, because somebody else was walking alongside yeah. you, Jesus. Yes. There's strength in suffering in numbers. I don't know if but that's I don't point. want you to suffer long. Right. See? Y- yes. And and, yes. and even yeah. from a spiritual perspective, in Proverbs it says, hope deferred makes a heart sick. And so when a young rancher comes to me and says, Elaine, there is no way on this side of heaven that I can work with my brother. And I do a coaching intervention and I interview all the families privately, and then we come together for a group meeting. And then he reads Dr. Henry Cloud's book called Necessary Endings, What to Do When Things Don't Work Out. And he and his wife read this book every night after work. And he just came to the conclusion. He said, Elaine, I have to leave. And I said, yes, you do. Because we've tried to make things 
right with all parties involved. We've done conflict assessments. We've done personal style assessments and still nothing has shifted or changed. But this is the blessing, Jason. That rancher gave his son a million dollars to start something new. And it's almost like the prodigal son getting his inheritance early, but he didn't screw it up. Then <laughs> The difference in this story is that this young rancher felt the blessing of his father and knew that he had done his best to make things connect, but it didn't work. And that's okay. Because that's the other message in this podcast is what you're intending or hoping for doesn't work. And you're starting to feel sick. I need, to, I need you to know as a coach, you have many, many other options in agriculture. We have a young man who's 36 on our farm who came to us with his wife on May 16th from South Africa. Did you know there's a hundred farmers in South Africa just begging to get out of the country who speak English, who have a passion for agriculture, who want to come to America? And we are adopting them as if they're our own family. And I see this also with another family I spoke to yesterday morning in Northern Alberta, where he's going to go in a joint venture with his uncle because his uncle doesn't have successors. And then I have a bachelor neighbor just down the road who's in his mid seventies. And I keep wanting to ask him, and what would be your plan for downsizing your cows and maybe mentoring a young ag person who really wants to learn from you and continue the legacy of your farm? So again, there's no one solution or one size that fits all, but we have to explore and be willing to, to um, look at what all those options are, right? And, and, you know, these ranchers in South Dakota and Wyoming who I met and one from Utah on Friday, they all had stories. And the younger generation, your guys your age, they say, Elaine, we want to live debt free, but our parents won't let us because they are not in control. And so even for your grandparents, Jason, another soapbox I've been on this week is get the, to a financial planner. Find out what your income stream is going to be when you're 65, 75, 85, and 95. And I already know that. And people say, well, Elaine, you're only 65. How can you know that? I said, because I have a financial planner. And because we are using options that they're giving us and, and we're being wise and we're not driving you know, really, well, my husband finally now after 40 years has a new pickup truck, <laughs> but we've never had a new vehicle, Jason, in 40 years because we understand appreciation mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we aren't proud about, you know, driving something that's pre-owned or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the Irish have a saying, every front door looks beautiful. And what you're doing with this podcast is you're going behind the front door. And you're going into those deep places where people are going, oh, my goodness, she's talking about the pain of not knowing, not knowing what grandma and grandpa are going to do when their resources are limited, not knowing if the family is going to come together and say, you know what, grandma and grandpa, financially, we've got your back. What do you need that you don't have? And grandma's going to say, I don't need much, but I need a lot of love, Right. And I want to be rich in relationship. And I want to give you my blessing with my warm hand so I can hear your words of appreciation now. And we gave our son land when he was 21 because his landlord broke the lease. And he said, Mom, hate to tell you this, but I need $220,000 by next Friday. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> 
And I said, dad and I can cover that for you. And he said, really? I said, yeah, we have a, a pasture quarter that we had actually fenced. And when he came back from ag school, he had this great idea that he wanted to be a bison farmer. <laughs> and so we said, I don't know if that's still your plan, Ian, or still your vision, because the price of bison, as you know, he should have bought them the day he came home from college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what it could have, should have, right? And so we gave him this pasture quarter that only has 80 acres of arable land. The rest has Cherry Creek going through it, and it's kind of funky. And he used that equity, Jason, to leverage getting the new quarter. Five years goes by. Neighbors get divorced. And this isn't a happy story. Every farm that touches our farm is divorced. And I don't know what's in the water, but I don't think it's the water. And this founding couple are our age. They're getting divorced. Our son wants to buy the land right across from his other piece. And in five years, the value of this land has doubled. And we're talking Manitoba, Canada. I'm working with farm families where it's $120,000 an acre in the Fraser Valley in BC. It's $26,000 an acre in London, Ontario, in Southern Ontario. And in Nebraska and other places where I coach, it could be anywhere from eight to 10,000, depending mm-hmm. on whether it has water or not, right? All of this to say is everything is always changing. And so whatever is troubling you as you're listening to this podcast, I want you to say, what is it I truly want? And how am I going to get there? And nobody's going to know what I truly want unless I tell them. And so what form are we going to have where we can share with each other our expectations, our timelines, and the certainty that we need to decrease our anxiety? Because most young farmers, when they look at my key challenge audit, as we start the coaching process, they check off this one line and it says, Elaine, how can you help me decrease my anxiety over the uncertainty of my future? So then the question is, grab the bull by the horns, talk about those tough issues, and then what is it that's keeping you awake at night? Let's talk about it. Yeah, that I just inherited a million dollars from my grandmother and I, haven't, I need a place to park it. Like I actually had a client who was waiting for her father to die, but he was 96. And she was quite patient because she said, Lane, when my dad dies, I'll a million dollars into this farm. And she wasn't wishing for her dad to die, but she knew what the will said because that family had transparency. No surprises. And that's, I mean, gosh, how valuable is that? And, you know, and I think that you bring up a really good point because I think a, pe- a lot of people are afraid of the being seen as cold hearted and selfish mm-hmm. and you know, maybe a little bit morbid when it comes to having these kind of conversations because we're talking about the people who we love and have loved us the most in our lives, our parents. Mm-hmm. We're talking about them dying. And we're gonna talk mm-hmm. about what's gonna happen after they die. What are we going quote what are we going to get when we they die or however you want to frame that. And some people think that's disrespectful, Jason. One of the cowboys I met last week said, Elaine, I have no idea what my father's will said. I don't think it's my right to ask. And I am saying it is because then it gives clarity to everyone. And it's not because you're being greedy or selfish. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I, in in fact, I challenge, I, I challenge back and say it's the opposite because you have to, the people that, what you have to understand is you're looking out for their best interest as well as your own. 
Okay. And that's your intent. Yes, exactly. 100%. And whenever you have a family type transition that's happening, you are seeing it for future generations, not just mom and dad, not just mom and dad and you. You're talking about your kids, your kids' kids, your nieces and nephews, you know, all the way down the line. It's it's such a big potential of people who this affects and you're just asking and you want that transparency so there can be a plan for that going forward and that everybody is good with the plan yeah and everybody is harmonious because they understand jason why certain decisions were made and you know when my mom was in that accounting office in July of 1998, I said to her, Mom, you've given me all your love and blessing as the eldest daughter. I don't need any financial things from your state. I want the farm where my brother farms to do well. And I want you to be free of not giving me anything when you pass. Little did I know that she would be dead six weeks later. Oh my gosh. And um, I would be in palliative care with her for two weeks, waiting for her to pass. And people, when I talk about this in the audience, they go, oh, you weren't even in your mother's will. Did you take her to court? And I said, are you kidding? No, because I, I, we had already had the conversation about what the expectation was. And, you know, Brene Brown has this another one-liner and she says, being clear is kind. Mm. And, and I'm sure your 16-year-old son probably wants a new pickup truck. And you're going to say, well, I wish I could give you a new truck, but that you know that that's not going to happen. And you say, let's work out a more reasonable expectation. And I have a video on YouTube called Finding Fairness in Farm Transition. And, the, and it's F-A-I-R, financial transparency, what your attitudes are towards money, what your intentions are, and then what are you going to do with the rebels no matter what you do for this sibling or whatever, that it's never enough and it's never the right thing. And at some point you just have to let that go and say, you know what, no matter what I do, you're never going to be satisfied. So I'm just going to have to let that go. And that, that video was an hour long and I've had a lot of comments about it because there's certain words in, the, in my language, Jason, that I will not use when I talk about fairness and my definition of fairness for farm families and ranchers is, how can you, in the position that you have and the resources that you have, how can you help everyone in the family be successful? And it's going to be different for each person. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can't help but think of not just my siblings. I think about my children and what potentially this all can look like for them. And uh, to me, it's never too early to start the plan. Exactly. It's never too early to have the conversation. And it's never too early to talk about their their hopes and expectations and, and, dreams. What, and dreams. And because it's too important. I'm, I'm reading, rereading Seven Habit, Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey right now. And mm-hmm. we talk about putting ourselves in win-win situations, trying to create win-win situations where everybody benefits. And Everyone can be successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks different for each person. But the only way to really achieve a so-called win-win situation is to have that open and effective communication, um, which 
unfortunately, is severely lacking in a lot of these families. But I think what you have said this entire podcast and what you say every time I hear you or read you is those hard conversations are worth it. Absolutely. And do you want to stay in a place of high stress and high anxiety, which is not good for your mental health, Right. being in that place and that pain of not knowing? And again, it's a mindset shift, Jason, to see conflict as a business risk management strategy. I, I, I spent 22 days of training to be better at conflict and to be a, a mediator, which morphed into 10 years of farm debt mediation with families who were really losing their farms or having, re, having to renegotiate terms with their creditors. And you know, people say, well, Elaine, I, I'm not doing this conversation because I don't want there to be fighting. I said, there doesn't have to be fighting. And on our farm, there is no drama because we don't fight. If there's disagreements, we have conversations. And I was raised by a very Irish direct mother and a father who is very loving and gentle and kind. And so what I learned in my family of origin is that it's okay to ask for what you need. And other families, it's not okay to have a voice. And then you get a woman who comes from a family that solved every world problem at the supper table. And she marries into this Midwest family that just goes out to the barn if they don't like what's being talked about at the table. And you've got a huge recipe for dissension because their conflict styles are so not connected. Right. Yeah. So I, I needed to tell you too, Jason, I have a casket in my basement and I bought it to encourage a local carpenter here in Boisvane who had an accident building framing houses. So he can't do a lot of heavy work anymore, but he's, he makes beautiful whitewashed pine caskets. And people thought I was nuts. And I said, well, you know what? I needed a, a prop, which I use for some of my videos because my other, my other mission is for everyone on this podcast when they stop listening is to go to the phone and call their lawyer and get their wills made. Because we have young ranchers and we have old grandpa ranchers walking around with no up-to-date wills, no up-to-date power of attorney. They're, they're playing Russian roulette with their lives because they're going to leave their family in chaos. So I have a beautiful pine casket. I think I paid maybe $2,200 for it four years ago. And you know what the price of wood is. Done. Oh, yeah. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had a great investment. Yeah, for I, sure. And, and it's a storage box. And my grandchildren, I have not let them climb inside yet. But, you know, <laughs> another grandma I know had had one like it in her house. And she said, that's my Jesus box. That's so that when I go, when I do go to heaven and uh, you're at my funeral, you'll be very comfortable with this box because you will have been playing beside it for the last 20 years. <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to lighten things up a bit. Maybe that's a bit weird, but no, 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 no. You know, just the fact that that these are these are things that once you do them, it it just feels so good to have it taken care of. It lightens that load on your shoulders, and it's tears of joy, not tears of sadness, because nothing is left unsaid, and nothing is left undone. Yeah. How wonderful would that feel? Yeah. No, I mean. It would be, it's, that's the, that should be the goal, right? And that should be the attainable goal. That shouldn't be, that should be the rule, not the exception. Exactly. That Everyone. should be what we strive for. Yeah. No, and this has been 
one of the hardest conversations I've had, but definitely, I mean, respect to everybody else I've talked to, but it's probably been the most impactful on me because it's helped me to see that I am not alone, that my feelings are validated, that the struggles I'm going through are okay. Um, but there, but also that there's still something I can do about them as well. You know, and again, another one of the things that Dr. Covey talks about is a circle of concern versus circle of influence. Don't worry about the things of concern, but do worry about the things of influence. And when, when you focus on the, the circle of influence, then that circle begins to grow and you get to be, you get to be in more control of things when you focus on those things. And I can't control what happens outside of me and my family, but I can control how we deal with it, how we plan for it, how we can be proactive in going forward in this, and how we can have a plan for our little family. And you'll be a model, Jason, because you'll be, it's like cutting open a field of of beautiful grain, right? And cutting the swath or opening the field up, You'll, you'll be opening up possibility for the rest for your siblings and for your grandparents and your parents because they'll see that there is a different approach by being proactive mm-hmm. and you know often, sometimes people say oh elaine it must be nice to be you <laughs> <laughs> oh yes well when you're traveling it looks really glamorous well traveling in 2022 is definitely not glamorous that's for sure <laughs> but you know must be nice to have have the things that you do and i said well you know I'd love for you to come and sit with us for a week and see how we make decisions or see how yeah. hard we work and, yeah. and see what, what is sacrifice. And, you know, my husband is an amazing man because before COVID hit, his wife left the farm for 90 days a year. Wow. Yeah. So it comes, you know, pouring out to people takes a toll when you don't make sure that the well stays full, right? And so also for our listeners here, just be really careful about Mm self-care and getting good rest and good Mm -hmm. exercise, doing yoga with your wife, (laughs) going horseback riding, you know, whatever, whatever will make you feel stronger. And I, another question I would like to ask the listeners is who do you have for emotional support beyond your spouse? And you talked about that hour with your really good friend and what that did for you, Jason. And that's been my coping strategy ever since March 11th of 2020 is I pick up my phone and I don't use it for Instagram. I actually use it as a phone to have a real time conversation with somebody who I've been prompted to call. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you make a really good point. There's somebody besides your spouse. I think that's really important and something that Carrie and I both have really tried to focus on uh, in making our marriage better is having someone that isn't one of the two of us to lean Mm -hmm. on for emotional support because that gets to be really heavy for for a spouse. And, you know, they're there for it. They've signed up for a certain amount of it, but it's not their job to be their therapist that's not that was not included in the wedding vows from what i can remember Mm. and 
And, and, and they are there for emotional support, but they shouldn't be the only thing. And the more people you have, the better your support structure is going to be. And, I, and when I'm talking about that from personal experience, I have friends that I can lean on mm-hmm. that aren't my wife. And so I does she. Your, yeah, your three o'clock in the morning friends. Yeah. And the I ones that those. you can call at three in the morning and it doesn't matter that you're calling in the middle of the night, right? Yeah. So I have no idea when you're going to air this podcast, but Valentine's is approaching on the 14th of February. And just for fun, uh, listeners can take a sheet of paper for uh, the, the wife and a sheet of paper for the husband and just write down 12, the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way down to 12. And then write down for Carrie, Carrie, these are the 12 ways that you make me feel cared for. And she does the same for you. And then you sit down at the coffee table or however you like to relax and you talk about what's on your list. It's called the caring list. And you don't have to go out and buy chocolates. You don't have to buy $74 roses or a card, although that might be your love language. But I bet that caring list, it will be an interesting exercise to figure out what it is that makes you feel really cared for. And for my husband, who's an acts of service kind of guy, his number one (laughs) is hot meals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you just don't know, right? You don't know what makes other people feel Oh my gosh. And we've (laughs) talked about the love languages on this podcast before. And I tell you what, that's been one of the most impactful things on our marriage because I, so Carrie is a uh, acts of service. I'm a words of affirmation. Yeah. So uh, you and I are the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because a lot of the times I, it, that's the way it is. I'm the, I'm like the wife and the, and Carrie's like the husband as far as how they, uh, how, what their love language is. But so I was always trying to show with words of, you know, and I, I didn't understand why she didn't get it. We had some rifts on our marriage at a certain point. But like whenever we understood our love languages, I started to do the dishes more. I started to pick up after myself a little bit better. Now, I still struggle with that. And she'll tell you that, too. I, I try to clean up messes because, you know, we have, are in a house of four boys and there's, I mean, it's a perpetual mess. Um, you know, so I try to do a little bit more in that. And that's how I am showing her that I love her. And, you know, I, that's been a, it's been really huge for me. And I think it's a very, and I think, and honestly, I think that you have made, you actually picked the air date because February 14th is on a Monday and my podcast oh, airs great. on Monday. So here okay. it is the happy Valentine's day, everybody. You have something to give your Valentine. in if you're listening to this podcast, the caring yeah. list. And I, I love that because you can get really intentional and really specific on that. And that's, and that, that, that's important. So Gary Chapman has written another book called When Sorry is Not Enough. And so what we've been talking about earlier, Jason, about unmet expectations and disconnect. And I've written an article on my blog called Saying Sorry at Harvest. And so when conflict does arise in a marriage, what are you doing to make quick repair? And is it words? Because for my husband, words are not enough. Mm -hmm. He wants to see a change in behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like I'm sure Harry does. Yes. And, And so it's also important for us to learn how to be better at making that quick repair. Yeah. I've read some of his, you know, beyond the love languages works like, and I've read like apology languages, uh, 
or, you know, how we accept apologies. And, you know, that for some people, the words are enough. But like you said, for your husband, for Carrie, not enough. They need to see that change in behavior. And I think that's really important because not only do we show love, but we accept sorry in different ways. And right. it's very, and I think it go and to go to bring it all back together, back to the original things we were talking about, you know, it shows that everybody experiences life differently. They experience emotions differently. They experience just, just this entire human existence differently. And I think it's, it's, just a lesson in, you know, to be patient and be kind and be loving with those, not just, I mean, obviously with those closest to you, but with everybody. Because, I mean, Lord knows we need as much of it as we can getting right. through and this time. Ben, again, being clear is kind. And that when you're talking about different ways of being, another phrase that I often use when I'm speaking is different is not wrong. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So let's love and respect the in-laws <laughs> and let's give them a voice at the table. And once you are joined to someone as a life partner, let's bless them. Yeah. And the cursing stops because mercy triumphs over judgment. Wow. Well, that is a, I think an excellent place to conclude this chapter of of an interview because you and I have a lot of things to talk about <laughs> and I'm a little I you know a little ashamed a little embarrassed that this it's taken no, to in in, in in low German in low German I think they call it verklampt you're just a little verklampt in your heart so yeah. just be kind to yourself Jason it's because it's heartfelt and that means it's been a deep conversation that's really landed for yeah. you and hopefully for your listeners. Yeah, and I think it will. I think some you know people can find some sort of solace in this. If people want to reach out to you, what is the best way? What are ways that people can get a hold of you? So go to farmfamilycoach.com and that will automatically go to my website and and they can I'd really love everyone to sign up for my insights so that I can drop in and visit with you every couple of weeks by video and and my email insights that I share. Another way is on Instagram for all of you young farmers and ranchers, which is Elaine underscore F underscore farm coach. But most of all, just do something. The Chinese saying is uh -uh, talk does not cook rice. So the biggest way you could fill my emotional bank account is to reach out to me on my contact page and just tell me as a result of hearing you on egg state of mind, Elaine, this is what we actually did. Mm. And that would make my heart sing. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you again. This isn't obviously, it's the first time you were here, but it's definitely not going to be the last. So I look forward to our future conversations. And I thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable tonight and allowing me to kind of pour my heart out to you in, in a little bit of ways because I think I needed it. And, you know, if nobody else listens to this podcast, which obviously they're going to, it's been a blessing for me. So I appreciate that and I appreciate the work that you do. Thank you, Jason. And I just want to also say that farmfamilycoach.com forward slash gift, I put together a few tools that I think would be helpful. 
And one of them is the because I love you list. And because this is Valentine's season, please take the time to use that tool to prepare your documents just in a very simple way. Things like how to contact the plumber, you know, banks, passwords, all those kinds of things so that you do leave a legacy of love for your family. Right. So love to all. Right. Thanks again. Appreciate it. And see you soon. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.